Hello and welcome back to Is This Seat Taken? The podcast for those with many places to call home. We discuss what home means to different people and how it affects culture, identity and finding your community wherever you are in the world. Friends, it's been a while. I've missed doing these so much, um, but you know, life. (laughs) Um, I was lucky enough to speak to our next guest um, at the end of last year, so the end of 2020, and we're now in May 2021. Um, So please bear that in mind as you listen. Obviously, the world is an ever-changing place, Uh, but I really, really hope you enjoy this episode. Today's guest is Maddie Jones, or Maddie Shine, as you all know her. Uh, Maddie is a coach who helps ambitious female entrepreneurs get more sales by increasing visibility. Known as the SEO and visibility queen, she's helped hundreds of clients get to page one of Google as she teaches non-fluff strategies that focus on business growth. In 2020, she launched the High Viz podcast, Your Biz Bestie for Visibility, and has used lockdown to help thousands of entrepreneurs with her group courses and Visibility Yay members community. She firmly believes that life is literally full of opportunity and it's up to us to find and get booked by those who want to work with us. Specialising in the creative industries, Maddie has been featured on many industry stages, podcasts and events in the UK and around the world. Based in London, Maddie is easily spotted by her ever-changing hair and large and colourful earrings. Her love of naming inanimate objects, Gladys is her hair and Penelope is her drinks trolley, entertains people daily over on Instagram and Sandy Toxvig once called her a clever girl, a fact she cherishes daily. (laughs) So Maddie is an incredible bundle of energy and optimism uh, and so I thought this would be a great way to kickstart the next round of interviews for the podcast. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hi Maddie. Hello. Welcome to the Thank you. Taken podcast. I'm so pleased that you're here. It's so lovely to have you. I'm honoured. Um, Thank you. Um, I'd love to start by just asking you to let our listeners know a little bit about yourself. Maybe that wouldn't be on your website or in your bio, although yours are very comprehensive. So, you know, just a little, a little, a little bit about yourself. Who are you as a human? Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Amy, for inviting me onto your wonderful podcast. I am Maddie. Um, I, well, my, 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 name, my name out there is Maddie Shine, but I was not born with that surname, although I am still thinking about changing it by deed poll, you know, just, just for simplicity, right? <laughs> I've had quite a few names in my time, so maybe we'll just, this is the next round. Um, so, so, yeah, so I am... You know, obviously, as you've heard in my bio, I'm the SEO and visibility queen. But what's not in my bio is that I have travelled around the world a lot. And when I when I meet new people, for example, on dates, uh, then people are always like, what? what? You're only 38. How have you lived so much? And I'm like, I, I honestly, I honestly don't know how I fit it in. But then also I feel the same way when I meet other people. You know, I'm like, oh, you've also done a lot. Um, but yeah, so I've lived in lots of different countries. I have, um, I've been married, I've been divorced. I have lived in a houseboat. I mean, all sorts of different, amazing, amazing things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm really looking forward, obviously, to having this conversation because I've learned a lot along my, in my time. 
yeah I love that every part of you is colorful like colorful <laughs> living situations <laughs> colorful life colorful hair it's all just very on brand and yeah I think I, I find it really interesting listening to people's stories and particularly honing in on the kind of like movement and travel and connections with other people because you do feel like sometimes people have lived whole lifetimes you know or multiple lifetimes within the time that they've been around um mm-hmm. And so, and so much of that, I think, sometimes is to do with location and like the world feeling smaller and just like movement around the world feeling like something that's really accessible. Um, yes, I think there's, there's something really interesting in that. Definitely, definitely. I um, a fun lockdown project for me has been launching my own gifts. Um, and so, you know, I know that you've spotted them before. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> and so I so basically we launched them in May and we've just been creating more and more. I say we because I've trained up a friend to now do the sort of technical bits for me. And so we now have over 300 of them out there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, gifts and gift stickers. So you can use them on all platforms. And we've just hit 100 million views. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. But the reason I bring it up is it's shown me how small the world really is because people have been getting getting in touch with me from all over the world. So obviously through my travels, I have friends. I'm lucky to have friends in many places, but then they've been in conversations in random Facebook, local Facebook groups to them or Twitter threads that they've got lost on. And then people, strangers are using my gifts and then they send me screenshots. It's hilarious. And I'm just like, hello, it me. That's amazing. The yeah. universal language of gifts. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. you've definitely caught the wave there. I just, it's so brilliant. And they're so joyful. Like if, if anyone listening to this has not looked at Maddie's gifts yet, what do you have to search? If you search Maddie Shine, or if you will search they all Ma- come up? Yes, if you search Maddie Shine, they all come up. But the way that I've tagged them is that they can be used for common expressions, which is why they've been seen so much. So if you search for OMFG, I'm there. If you search for yes, yes, what else? Uh, best decision ever, cup of tea, time for gin. Like they're all very cheery. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm easily spotted because I've got blue hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got, I'm wearing leopard print, giant earrings, you know, the whole, the whole Maddie Shine experience. <laughs> and, <laughs> and honestly, like it, it's so much fun to film. So I thought for ages, I thought, oh, I really want some gifts. I think they would really suit my brand. And I was like, oh, it's a bit of a luxury, isn't it? Because it doesn't make money. But let's not underestimate free content, eh, guys? You know, like it's... And in terms of visibility, I mean, they could not be more on brand. Exactly. You know, and I wonder, have you ever had anyone start working with you off the back of seeing one of your gifts? Like, would you be able to track that? No, what, what has happened is that I think a lot more people are a lot more aware of what I do. Mm-hmm. So it's increased awareness a lot. So people are like, wow, she's really putting her money where, where, the, where her mouth is. So it's a lot like, you know how, obviously I'm going to talk about blogging or whatever. So, you know, you know how people say you need to be posting more consistently on Instagram, on mm-hmm. Facebook, on Pinterest, blogging, updating your website, whatever it is, then gifts is another form of marketing in that way. Mm-hmm. So it's just like how a lot of times people will need to see you multiple times before they get in touch with you. Yeah. gifts is another one of those touch points except it just comes up that much more often yeah. um which is fabulous that's great <laughs> I was reading something quite depressing the other day that was with everyone's obsession with kind of technology and the speed that we mm. consume content the number of touch points in order to make a sale 
over the last 10 years has gone from sort of six touch points to like 27. Yeah. I mean, it was just alarming. And then you're kind of thinking, God, how many, you know, how many touch points? I was like, I don't think I consume 27 you know 27 times in order to buy but then you're like no I probably do with you know yeah. targeted ads and I mean all sorts of things it's like I think we underestimate how much as small business owners we need to be constantly shouting about what we're doing yes um, yeah but the thing is I, I've been listening to a lot of Seth Godin recently so he's mm. a marketing guru absolutely adore him and he was talking about creating habits from that because I think a lot of small businesses in particular they hear that kind of oh Lord, I had to be 27 times in front of my ideal client. That sounds like a lot and I'm already really tired. Mm. And actually, if we just create habits of, you know, a lot of those can be Instagram stories, for example. <laughs> like it's, mm -hmm. it's just mm -hmm. chatting to camera. That, that all counts. Yeah. I think a lot of people underestimate how much people want to hear from them. Mm. Um, particularly right now lord knows we all need some escapism <laughs> yeah god and just some positivity i don't even care <laughs> yeah. what it's about i've become obsessed with videos of like people who really care about things oh. and it could be anything yeah you know like birds you know people yes. talking about how much they love birds it is just it's pure escapism and it's it's fantastic so i realized that even listening to people talk about seo you know i quite happily sit through your instagram stories and i'm like you know, SEO is something that until I started following you, I don't, I, I think I just looked at SEO as like this mountain of hideous, boring work <laughs> that I had to do and didn't have time to do, <laughs> um, yep. which I, I think is, I'm sure you hear a lot from people yep. who initially come to work with you. It's like, <laughs> I just don't have time and it sounds really boring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's entirely about how you frame it, isn't it? If you can bring some sparkle into SEO, then frankly, anything is possible. <laughs> well, quite, Amy. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I looked at the world of SEO and I was like, I'm bored by it and I know about it, you know, like uh, Lord above, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, some people really like going to, going to industry con conferences where everyone does the same thing. I literally couldn't think of a, of a worst way to spend my time. Mm. No disrespect to anyone who's in that world, but I don't want to sit there talking about stuff that really, like, it's, no. Mm. I mean, whereas I like to say SEO stands for Seeking Exciting Opportunities, because again, this goes, this ties in with something I heard Seth Godin say the other day, and I was like, I'm going to use that because it totally ties in with what I say. Mm. Um, there's this analogy that, um, that there's, that's out there I don't think he made it up. It's like, it's this thing where it's called the 18 key analogy, right? And so basically if you get locked out of your house and then you obviously have to call a locksmith and then the locksmith comes along and he has like 18 master keys to, to get you into your house, right? For whatever company your lock is with. Mm -hmm. And so after trying each one, if it doesn't work, does he have an existential crisis? No. <laughs> He doesn't. And yet that's how small businesses treat marketing. Mm. That's how they treat getting found. That's how they treat trying to get bookings. And so we're all going around acting like we've already used 17 keys. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, this is our last chance. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> Apart from anything else, things are changing way too much for there to be 17 keys used all the time. Mm. I mean, you know, you blink and there's a new thing out. Yeah, it's 12,000 keys. So Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I, I really love the idea of seeking exciting opportunities because there's always something else to try. 
Mm. And if that doesn't work, you try something else. And I'm just like, great, let's do it. Mm. Mm. You have to actually want to do it. That is the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I put SEO services in the same bucket as like going to see a nutritionist. It's like, you know, once you've gone, you can't look back and you have to fully buy into it. <laughs> so, you know, you know, you, for when you arrive at that first discovery call, or whatever it is, like you need to be fully committed to making a change. <laughs> that That's. Yeah, I, I, I now want to start singing Michael Jackson, gonna make a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. No, I think I think it's I think you're right, actually. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it like that, but you do it. But the thing is, I think that's the same with 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 wanting to upgrade your business in any way. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of businesses want to focus on Instagram because it's sexy and everyone can see how many followers you have. But with your website, only you can see how many mm. followers you have, how many people are visiting. And I think there's a lot to be said for that um, because we want to put out to the world that we're doing great. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, oh god, you know, I only got twelve likes on my last post. So therefore, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna know that I'm a failure. Oh god, existential crisis. Um, whereas actually, if we had twelve people to our website, we'd be very excited. Particularly if uh, mm. if we put out something that we put a lot of heart and soul into. So mm, absolutely. And I suppose leading on from that, you yeah. talk about the fact that you launched your business in order to support your travels. And yes, indeed. You- you've traveled really uh really widely and so I guess my question is did you choose the nomad life or did the nomad life choose you um an ex-husband chose my nomad life (laughs) (laughs) no no that makes it sound like I didn't have any decision I I very much did so basically um let me take you on a little journey uh back to 2009 I met someone who basically we'd had a summer of love and then they said, right, well, I'm going to India. I've already decided before I met you that I'm going to India for the winter for six months. And I was like, oh, I'll come and visit you. And they were like, okay, cool. So I did, I went and visit, I still had a nine to five job at the time. And so I went to visit them twice and I had an amazing time. So I spent like a total a month out there and just couldn't believe you know, my grandpa had fought in India in the war and always told me stories about it. And I always had wanted to go to the mountains, things like that. So I went to Kerala and I went to Goa and I was like, how do I do this? Well, 2010 um, was the basically the last recession. Um, I lost my job. And so I took my redundancy check and went to India for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was the best decision I've ever made. People thought I was crazy. People were like, but you're just building a career. You're 26, like, what are you doing? This is like going back in time. I was like, I never went traveling my gap year. I played it so safe, you know? And I was like, no, I want to do this. And I had the most amazing time. So I traveled all over India and I was like, how do I do more of this? And I had this whole like, oh my God, this real wobble. Like, how am I supposed to go back to a nine to five job? you know like I can't I can't do this and so what I did was I started contracting so I would do contract jobs in the city and then I would go traveling every winter for six months and I did that for five years and it worked out so well so I'd rent a house in Goa spend most of the winter there and then when it got too hot I would go up to the mountains so that then led on to other travels but it's sort of like I wouldn't Back in the back in those times, I wouldn't have said necessarily that I was nomadic, mm-hmm. but I definitely see looking back, I very much was because 
I, you know, I wasn't in any one place for any particular length of time, but I really enjoyed that. But as much as I could, I would make a home wherever I was. Mm. So, you know, my friends laugh at me now because even if we go away to a hen party, uh, back in the olden times, pre-pandemic, we would go away for a hen party and I would unpack absolutely everything, even if we were just staying for one night. And I think that's something ingrained in me from nomad days, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but yeah so it's a little mix of everything to answer your question <laughs> yeah no I think that's fabulous and out of interest what was the work you were doing in the city like what was that contract work was it connected to what you do now definitely not so basically the job I was made redundant from I was a marketing manager and I was kind of middle tier and of course credit crunch recession as it was affectionately known then I mean what on earth stupidly giving it a nickname but the recession um then there was no jobs at, um, in my in my sphere um and so basically the contract jobs I did was actually I was a PA in the city and I remember my old colleagues in the marketing when I was when I worked in marketing they were like Maddie isn't that a few tears down I was like but I'm getting paid more than double mm -hmm. to do this job like it was unbelievably good pay and so what I would do is maternity contracts or long-term sick contracts. And I was basically passed. I kept being like kind of promoted to more and more senior banker teams. Mm -hmm. And it was so weird because I was so like, I'm a hippie, you know, I, at the time I lived in a houseboat in Vauxhall and I, like all my friends were in the film and TV industry pretty much. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, here I am trotting off to my banker job and, you know, in my little pencil skirt or whatever, going to pick up the toast in the mornings I mean it was just kind of like it was so so different mm. and the thing is all the bankers loved it like they they would you know I would swan around with my like I wouldn't wear shoes in the office and I'd wear my big pink scarves and I was colorful even back then you know mm. and I was just like I was like hi everyone they were like you're literally the cheeriest person we've ever met <laughs> how are you so cheery and I was just like because I don't attach my sense of self-worth to my job yay <laughs> like you know like <laughs> what does then, that feel like <laughs> yeah they're like tell us your ways um, <laughs> but no I I basically what had happened was in that first time that I went to India I met a meditation teaching which basically sorted my brain out and continues to sort my brain out mm. um, I still do it you know 11 years later and what had happened was that was where I'd learned not to like not to get hung up on like my ego of like oh god I'm only a PA or whatever mm -hmm. I was like it's funding my brilliant lifestyle mm -hmm. um it funded you know it paid for my wedding I paid for my wedding myself and all this kind of thing and I really like I have no regrets whatsoever mm -hmm. because I also in that time I organized a community campaign to save the houseboat community where I lived we were on in we went across international media it was crazy I was on German tv Italian tv BBC London came to the boats like it was nuts um so yeah so it basically gave me this whole lifestyle that you know yeah I kind of got off, off no, on a tangent no. I can't remember the original question but like it's oh yeah that was it so it was the, the work no it didn't at all but in that time because I was planning my wedding that's when I started freelancing because mm -hmm. I love to write so when I was traveling we started that I, I started this travel blog Mm -hmm. And um, essentially, I was like, oh, I quite like doing this, quite like writing. Mm -hmm. And my mum reminded me that I used to creative and write all the time when I was a kid. Like She was like, yeah, it's, you're good at it. It's what made you good at marketing. You know, obviously, mm -hmm. I tied in with that. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know whether I'm a creative. I don't, oh. I don't know. You know, I mean, Funny. 
it, it is crazy. I mean, that question still pops up in my brain sometimes. Like, Maddie, are you really creative? And I'm like, mm, I think I think it's safe to say you are. Yes, I think it's. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you can safely pop yourself in that in that bracket. Yeah. In fact, one of my questions for you is, and and it's funny you've you've started to answer it, but but to what extent does has your travel and your movement and the way that you've designed your life impacted your creative practice? Um, oh, hugely. Mm. yeah yeah hugely so like I said I met the meditation teaching Mm -hmm. and basically it sorted my brain out so that I wasn't just completely caught up in my own thoughts and emotions the whole time like oh shit excuse me oh no what what will other people think of me oh no and of course that self-doubt does come up don't get me wrong imposter syndrome alive and well but it's how much attention I now pay to it like Mm -hmm. I said like even back in the banking days I I was learning to detach my sense of self-worth to absolutely everything that I did, absolutely every movement that I made, because let's face it, we're all completely obsessed with, the, with what other people think of us mm-hmm. the whole time. And actually they're all too busy worrying about the same thing. So we can all just take a massive chill pill basically yeah. in that regard. Well, wasted energy. <laughs> yeah. I feel exhausted just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so true, isn't it? And this is why Instagram is so popular because we're all like, oh God, it goes back to the likes thing again. I'm not hating on Instagram. I'm also obsessed with it, you know. Um, but no, the the way that it's impacted, like my travels and everything, it's it's sort of been, it goes back to the opportunities thing that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It's basically where this didn't work out, let's try something else. This didn't work out, let's try something else. I've never got to the end of the line. And even when it felt like it was the end of the line, my mom loves to quote Best Exotic Marigold Hotel at me. <laughs> like we're very much a sentimental family. I absolutely adore it. Mm-hmm. And do you, have you seen that movie? Oh yeah. 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 I'm, I'm well into it. Like I'm, I'm really into it for obvious reasons. I mean, you know, Judy Dench, but also India. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you know, there's this line, it goes, it'll be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. Mm-hmm. And it's like that line, just like, okay, you know what? This didn't work out. It's going to be okay. We're going to try something else. Mm-hmm. And I know that I speak from a place of privilege when I do that, but honestly, like I remember like, earning my first because I used to charge like 30 quid to write a blog post um when I first started out and I was like 30 hold pounds and I've never tried to lose that feeling of Mm. like being so it's gonna sound super cheesy so grateful for every pound I get Mm. in this freelance work because I don't know when my next stuff my my next project is coming through I don't know when my how my next launch is going to go I know more and more as I go through because it's been Mm. years now but I still don't know, you know, so when people talk about uncertainty, I'm like, try being an entrepreneur. (laughs) Then you really know about uncertainty. Big time. And it's, I, yeah, I totally resonate with that in that every pound that you make as a freelancer feels like 10 pounds when you were working for someone else. Yes. You know, it's like just in terms of the sort of psychological value of it and what, and what, you know, you've put in, in order to get that back out. It's like, absolutely. Um, absolutely sometimes, sometimes I break it down like that if I'm ever having a bit of a wobble mm. I think about you know these clients who I value so highly and mm. really respect you know when you're working with your ideal clients it's a blessing anyway and you kind of think god well these people found me trust me and now consistently want to work with me like that's incredible but also they're parting with but I mean particularly because you and I both work with small businesses 
or you know small to medium businesses it's like they're parting with their money and they're having the same thoughts and conversations with themselves about how they're getting that in from their clients and it's like it's it all just feels very very valuable all of it you know um and it, it just it's funny it's it's given me a whole new perspective on the value of money being freelance because yes when you're working in big companies when you're working in banks money feels like very fast moving and like there's loads of it you know and there's big budgets for things and then you get into the small business world and you're like oh well that's the difference between you know so and so being able to buy their daughter this for Christmas or this for Christmas and it, it's just yeah I it is cheesy but it, I just feel like it's a huge blessing to be able to be part of that world yes still. yes no absolutely and at the same time not let it keep me small mm-hmm. so going oh I'm very grateful for this amount of money and then it's over there where, where the big boys are playing that they get a lot of money you know, I've just had my most successful year to date, uh, which is amazing. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, but no, it's, I mean, I, I was like looking at my bank account. I was going, where the frick is all the money gone? Like, mm. You know, I earned all this money, but I've been reinvesting it. I've been having a much more comfortable lifestyle this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously in lockdown, you know, the off licenses have done well, haha. But also, you know, so have the candle shops. Um, Etsy's very like basically I think I just see my own devoted delivery man at this point Um, um, but no I think it's all jokes aside I think that it's it's also important to dream big if that's what you want from your life Mm -hmm. so that you don't have so so I'm not stuck in a decision where I'm like should I get this or this for my niece for Christmas yeah Um, and I think a lot of people don't give themselves permission to do that and I feel like my travels and my meditation and the coaching that I continue to invest in all combined teach me to um dream bigger Mm. and to make that happen and not just to think well one day I'm going to get a convertible car I am going to get a convertible car and it's going to be amazing I'm going to be like Penelope Pitstop it's going to be brilliant is it going to be pink (laughs) no it's going to be red Ooh. yes yes we're going to go for a red mg convertible i don't say we i mean i i'm going to go for a red mg convertible yeah the royal we <laughs> yeah the royal we indeed indeed um but yeah i really um you know i've invested a lot recently i was actually being interviewed yesterday for uh, for another interview talking about money coaching mm. um because that's something i've been really doing a lot of this year mm. and i was so skeptical of well most coaches to be honest a few years ago and now here I am just going around hiring them all (laughs) got something to learn but that's another thing that also I think travelers taught me never ever stop learning and not like in a cheesy way as in like genuinely there's always something to learn more and I love diving deeper I love examining my belief systems around different things and basically getting over my cynicism Mm -hmm. um, which is also why I think a lot of people think I'm very positive I'm not I'm a human being you know, um, but the reason that I seem so positive is that I'm not bringing all my baggage to to the table when I'm wor- either working with you or showing up on social media. You know, mm-hmm. because because I, I I'm doing that in my own private time. I'm mm-hmm. having the coaching. I'm doing the meditation. Whatever it is, and I think that then it's not even like only show your best self. It's like I'm here to do a job. 
and this is my job and yes okay I bring you into my personal life a little bit but really you know if I mean this is a podcast so you can't see me doing a batter pie but <laughs> like I show you a ma- I show you like a sliver of my life yeah and I think that that is also coming from that whole detaching your sense of self-worth to everything that you put out there mm. yes I, I find the the I think that sounds very healthy you know I, I find the narrative of you know people buy from people they don't buy from businesses like yes that is true but that doesn't mean that you have to you know talk about every meal that you're eating and every emotional moment that you're going through on social media you know I I don't think that's healthy either you know there's there's a certain amount of relatability that maybe you want to bring across but I don't think it's the be all and end all and um the idea that particularly small business owners have to kind of lay themselves bare in order to make sales and serve their customers, I think is a very damaging way of looking at it sometimes. Um, And yeah, there's definitely a balance to strike. I think you strike it beautifully, you know, but um, that's really interesting what you say about about detaching your sense of self-worth from your work, even as a service-based business owner. Um, I think that's still very much a journey I'm still on. (laughs) Oh, it's a journey I'm still on, don't get me wrong. (laughs) I have to continue to learn it because we're not taught it. We're mm. taught that our job is for life when we're kids. No mm. matter what, I put, like my parents are both entrepreneurs. You know, they've both done many different things, but there's still like an ingrained value of when you've decided what you want to do, that's what you do for the rest of your life. Mm. And that hasn't been the case for several decades now. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And because especially with, you know, the retirement age going up and so on, it's like we're going to have multiple careers within our lifetimes and we just Mm -hmm. need to be comfortable with that and adapt. And I mean, if this year has taught us anything, it's the importance of being able to pivot. Oh, yes. Forward. Um, But it's true. And people have and we will continue to because we've had to. And I think it's been in a way for, you know, I know it's been a terrible year for a lot of people, but it's it's been brilliant for others in that it's given a shock to the system which has mm-hmm. forced people and businesses to really reassess what they want to be doing and how they want to be doing it and who they want to be doing it for um yes and I'm here for it like I honestly I just think it's I think I love reassessing some people might say that it's actually I, I, I would say in some ways it might have hindered my progress but actually it takes time it takes Mm. you know I reassess I move forward I reassess I move forward and that's and that's being a human not just an entrepreneur that's yeah if you're if you're just pushing forward the whole time you're not gonna I I find that I wouldn't enjoy my life Mm -hmm. I find that I wouldn't see what's truly important to me Mm. um who I truly want to spend my time with you know 2020 of course has taught us all that we love our loved ones and want to be with them more Mm. but also I mean, do you remember at the beginning of lockdown when everyone was like, oh, Lord, we've got, you mean we've got to be alone with our own thoughts? No, no, let's make Madonna bread. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I, I've never, thankfully, I've never made sourdough or banana bread. I managed to escape that one. Um, mm. But, you know, I did, I've, I've watched all the Netflix. Yeah. I, <laughs> I completed it. <laughs> completed it. You have no more. It's a bit like getting to the end of Tinder. There are no more matches for you. <laughs> interestingly talking about reassessing and bringing it back to your sort of movement around the globe there have been examples of when you have 
thought that you were making a, for, a forever decision if it's oh, yeah. possible to do that um, and have reassessed and changed your mind. Um, Bristol, Thailand, yes. can you tell us a bit more about what prompted those decisions? Well, this is the thing. So for a nomad, I sure do like certainty, you know? So, I mean, I think as a human being, we all want more certainty in our lives, but I was like, right, this is what we're gonna do. So in 2012, I trained as an English teacher uh, with CELTA, you know, my CELTA qualification. And I was like, right, we're leaving England December 2012, gonna go uh, do the usual season in India, usual winter in India, and then move to Thailand to become a teacher there. I've got friends there, they can set me up with connections. Great, that's what I'm gonna do. Well, when the time came, I was like, I don't like Thailand. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, Thailand's great. But I was like, I miss India. I know how things work in India. I know how, I know how to deal with things. Whereas in Thailand, I was like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I was up in Chiang Mai in the north and I've still never been to the islands. I want to make, I want to go back and go to the islands. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, I, no, this isn't, this isn't for me. And so what I did was I traveled around Southeast Asia for three months instead, which was great. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend Laos. Highly, highly recommend Laos. It's a very under, it's not like, it's not talked about. Like no one ever talks about going to Laos. Luang Prabang is probably the most beautiful place I've ever been to in my entire life. Wow. And um, it's like this beautiful ex-French colonial jungle, like mishmash. The food is amazing. Um, the cocktails are great. <laughs> like, you know, basically it ticked all my boxes. Sure. Um, big golden temples everywhere. Mm. Um, but basically I was, you know, I, I, I was really beating myself. I came back from those three months and I came back to England for a month and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I feel very lost. Mm -hmm. I just started doing the freelance like bits and pieces projects. But I was like, well, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to, I was like, well, I'll just go back to India for another winter and work it out from there. Mm -hmm. I did. And it was great. And I didn't, you know, I could have sort of just stayed in sort of a vicious cycle of I'm a terrible person because I made a decision and it didn't work out. But it goes back to the 18 key analogy. I can't act like I've got 17 keys used up and just one left. So I went back to India for a winter and then I moved to Devon for a summer and lived in a beautiful manor house and that was owned by a duke. And yeah, it was amazing. And it had a ballroom. I mean, that house was truly beautiful. Um, I couldn't believe that I was living there and I was living there with a group of friends and it was a very hectic summer, but I absolutely loved it. I grew up in Devon, so I was like, oh, I'm in amongst my peeps. And then, and then that didn't work out. I was like, nah, that's, it's not my forever place. I don't know why I kept looking, trying to look for my forever place, but there I was. Mm -hmm. And so then I went back to India again for a winter. I was like, right, we're just doing this now. I'm just going to India every winter for six months. It's just my life now. It's fine. Because mm -hmm. um, when I say, oh, you know, I used to go back there every year for five years, it didn't happen like that's how I didn't plan it, you know. Yeah. But I was doing more and more freelance work. I had retainer clients by then, all this kind of thing. And then my marriage ended. So I was like, well, what am I going to do now? So then I went and lived with my parents. I obviously hadn't lived with since I was 18. Mm. I was like, hello. <laughs> so I went to live in their attic. And um, they were living in Henley by, the, by that time. So I grew up in Torquay and they were living in Henley. So I was like, well, I don't know anyone. So I hung out with my parents and their friends for a couple of years whilst I was kind of finding my feet, basically. And we'd come back into London to see my pals. Mm -hmm. Then I tried moving to Bristol again for a forever home. 
um, and with a whole bunch of friends um, in this beautiful community, like eco-friendly housing community. Mm-hmm. Those pals are great. I didn't go on with it. Like I just, I was like, no, going, no, I can't do this. So mm-hmm. I was like, right. And the thing is, all of this, is, it sounds exhausting when I share it like this, but like mm-hmm. every time I was like, oh God, another decision didn't work out. Mm. And so at the time, I definitely see that I was going through some kind of, I don't know, I was looking for some kind of permanency, some kind of certainty, but like there's no such thing, even if I had a nine to five job throughout that time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no such thing. And that's okay. Like try, try, finding my peace with that it continues to be a learning process. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm now skip ahead a couple of years and I'm absolutely fine now. I'm in, I'm in a flat living on my own for the first time, living in Crystal Palace, which is a beautiful area. Mm-hmm. Um, got the dinosaurs, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to kind of, you know, look back, which is why I was so keen to kind of, you know, have this conversation and everything, because I was like, you know what, I have got a lot to share, but I think for me, I can only ever make a decision. What's the most benefit in that moment rather than for the rest of my life, you know, like it's. Yeah. Well, that's it. And as, you know, as a human who is committed to continually evolving, how can we possibly imagine that we would evolve and that our surroundings would stay the same? Yeah. It's a logical, it's an illogical way of thinking. And yet we do, you know, as a fellow person who likes certainty, you know, it's, uh, I can totally hear how, how you can try and sort of grab that in certain areas of, of your life, but it's not something, it's like trying to hold water, you know, it's like it just, yeah. it doesn't exist. Yeah, my mum my my likes to use the analogy um, of nailing jelly to the ceiling, which I think is a very visual, <laughs> visual thing. It's, it's, it is true, isn't it? It's what we all try and do the whole time. And you're like, oh God, another bit of jelly falling from the ceiling, try and nail it back again. Uh, but we continue to try and do it. And we continue to get upset when it doesn't stay on the ceiling. Yes, um, it's, it's like and, and tie our self worth to the fact that we can't nail jelly. Exhausting. Exhausting. It is. It is. And at what point in the chronology of this um, <laughs> does the chest of drawers and the cheese sandwich? Come <laughs> well, that was that was ultimately what I stopped going to India. So, like I said, my marriage ended. What was it? March two thousand fifteen. I went back for another winter because I was like, I can do this on my own. And I have a whole bunch of friends there. So I lived with a whole bunch of girlfriends that winter. So when I came, yeah, it was basically like, but I I went for a much shorter time. And Mm -hmm. essentially, I just really wanted a chest of drawers and a cheese and pickle sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) That was essentially what it came down to. I was like, because for some reason in Goa, they don't have chest of drawers. You have a rail to put your hang your clothes on, and you have maybe a, some shelves, but there's right. no. And I don't know why chest of drawers. I think it might be something to do with the humidity. I don't know what it is, but basically, I just got really hung up on this whole like I just want to put my clothes away somewhere, <laughs> and I really want a cheese and pickle sandwich mm. because there's nothing quite like an English English cheese, Branston pickle, mm-hmm. English bread. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want one now. Um, it's, <laughs> me too I'm actually salivating yeah yeah <laughs> and I'm just like I don't know why I hung I it was sort of like when when everything feels very up in the air and when you're nomadic and things feel uncertain then everyone kind of retreats to what they find comfortable mm. and I was like what do I find comfortable like so 
I remember like I used to try and travel quite lightly because of course being nomadic I was like really slimmed down on you know I maybe my makeup consisted maybe of tinted moisturizer and some mascara Mm -hmm. and maybe some eyeliner but usually didn't really survive the heat Mm -hmm. so those are my kind of and now I have like a laughable amount of makeup you know like it's it's kind of like my addiction but I remember I had this one pot of nail varnish and it used to get really sticky. So if we had a fridge wherever I was staying, then I used to stick the nail varnish in the fridge. And then I used to get the nail varnish out. And like, no matter where I was, I'd be like, at least my nails are painted. You know, like, <laughs> it's, like it's like whatever you find comfortable. Yeah. Uh, whatever, whatever kind of makes you, okay, you know what? Like, this might be a little bit of chaos that I'm living in. Mm-hmm. But so I think it's the same with the sandwich, to be honest. Like, and so my my mum though does make the best sandwiches. My mum's getting a lot of shout-outs today. Hi mum. And I just think that there's certain things. I think we all have them. You know, mm. I think maybe 2020 has shown us what our home comforts really are. Mine's gin now. Um, <laughs> but but you know, I've got this golden drinks trolley called Penelope that I got during lockdown. Mm. And if you follow me on Instagram, you'll you'll see her in all her glory. And every evening now I put on, I light the candles on her. I put the twinkly lights on. Mm. I might have a gin, depending on what day of the week it is. I'm trying to be a bit better at that. Mm. And, you know, I curl up on, on my velvet sofa, which I also bought in lockdown. You know, like I, I've got these kind, they're like anchors. That's, that's the word I've been looking for. They're anchors in my life that I'm like, no matter what else is happening. And it, it's not as if they had to be material goods either. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't really have a way to wrap up this but no I, I think I think that's lovely thinking of anchors material or otherwise that help you define what kind of your home is at that yes. time for me yes. it's very um like sense-based I love yeah. textures so it might be like taking the same smells with me wherever I go so I might take like a scented candle or whatever it might be and um and blankets just yes. like having a blanket I'm like a dog just like take my blanket with <laughs> me and that'll be okay um yeah and I think that's that's been a bit of a lockdown it's gone into overdrive and lockdown as well of just like how can I make myself as cozy as possible <laughs> in any given yeah. space yeah um, so yeah I hear you and Penelope yeah. is majestic um, <laughs> and I've got jealous actually because I've got my grandma's old um drinks cabinet but it's kind of dark wood it was beautiful it's a beautiful piece of furniture but it doesn't match anything else in my house which is all like fairly modern and whatever and I was like oh Maddie's is really like sparkly and gold I'm like oh I want that one instead of my like glass fronted wooden monstrosity but I'll never never get rid of it so it's just gonna it's just gonna have to stay but yeah there is something very special about knowing you're a grown-up because you have somewhere to store your booze and like oh, yeah. nice booze glasses <laughs> for sure for sure yeah. I got a couple of kind of rainbow tinted uh in like uh, those kind of champagne uh what are they called champagne dish oh yes the coupes coupes that's it I thought you would know the proper word <laughs> um I know flutes that's the other one isn't it yeah no, the cou- coupes so I got a couple of them from TK Maxx would you believe Ooh. um in lockdown and I was very pleased with that and so basically they're proudly sitting on Penelope. But also I did this thing this summer where I had this consultation about, you know, women's health um, with my friend uh, Sally, who does Women with Sparkle. I don't know whether you know, know her. Yes. On yeah, yeah, I think I, think I actually saw her at an event back in the day when we could go to those. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. She does yeah. a lot. And so, yeah, so she and I are good pals. 
and uh, one day we'll do an event called Sparkle and Shine. One day, mm. yeah. Um, talking about health and wealth, we've decided, but you know, yeah. Who, who knows when that will be? But anyway, so she told me pretty much under no uncertain terms that I need more pleasure in my life. Now, before you all start sniggering, okay. <laughs> Uh, obviously that kind of pleasure too. Hi, mom. Um, but non-work related pleasure, because I was getting into this thing again of like, if this doesn't work out, then I'm not a good person because I've spent all my time on this and I've, you know, haven't spent as much time with my family or my friends or whatever, as I could have done if I had better structure, blah, 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 you know, story, story, story. Mm -hmm. And so what she said was you need to pile up Penelope with like non-booze things as well. So there's ornaments on there. There's a lot of twinkly lights. There's all sorts of things. Um, and that's all she said also like around your flap. So I've been buying lots of scented candles for the first time. Like I've always liked the idea of it, but finally I'm in a place where I'm allowed to have them and you know, mm. kind of good old rental rules. And, um, and, you know, just this kind of stuff so what brings you pleasure so I've been listening to music a lot more now if you follow me on Instagram at maddie.shine you'll know that I do like listening to music a lot um but I've got a vinyl player and I was actually listening to the vinyl and like little things again bring that comfort to me that isn't attached to whatever I'm working on yeah yeah and so again anchors to they're sort of like they're not even reassurance they're just building the life around me that I really want to live mm. because I can't again it goes back to like oh one day I'll live in a villa with a sea view like that's a dream of mine and I really want to do that and I, but I, I want to map out okay how am I actually going to get there because if I continue spending it the way that I enjoy doing I'm not going to be able to put the money aside to even buy like a one-bed flat let alone a villa with a sea view right mm -hmm. so it's sort of like Again, it's making the decisions with a with a plan in mind that isn't related to if I don't do it, I'm a terrible person. Yeah, yeah, and that's a tightrope to walk. Yes. It's very it's very complex to go. I I want to achieve these things, and I will achieve these things. In order to achieve them, I need to do X, Y, Z. But if I don't do X, Y, Z and achieve the thing, that's also fine. Yes. That's like, it's a very, you're, that's two sides of your brain that it, it almost feels contradictory. And yet that's where the nuance of it is. Exactly. It's a choice. You make a choice as to, you know, I could have got up early and done the yoga like I promised myself I would last night, but I didn't sleep that well. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay in bed for an extra hour. And that is absolutely fine. Mm. Uh, tomorrow is another day, you know, quote gone with the wind. But it's like, I have to, I, one of the biggest things I continue to learn is sort of like continuing to remember that it is a choice and it's that I'm not a bad person if I don't make that choice. No, absolutely not. And <gasps> I think this leads neatly onto my final question. Oh yeah. I ask everyone and that is, what does home mean to you? Ooh, home means cheese and pickle sandwiches. <laughs> gonna have one after this for sure um no home means home means where home means comfort to me mm -hmm. it's comfort it's what and whatever comfort is in that moment so it's I've placed so much importance on self-love self-care over the past couple of years in particular mm -hmm. 
And as long as I'm warm and I'm comfortable and I have nice textures and smells around me, and then I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know, like it's, it's, it's a different sort of happiness than I thought, you know, back from my crazy party girl days in my twenties and everything. <laughs> um, and I just think that, you know, I think, yeah, I think that's, I think that's what home means to me. Yeah. Comfort. Warmth. I think it's nice to take it back to basics sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm warm. I've got a cheese and pickle sandwich. <laughs> Things are probably okay. Oh, Maddie, yeah. I've enjoyed this conversation so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you for inviting me on. It's been a pleasure. What a dreamy interview. It's impossible to talk to Maddie without, without having a huge smile on your face. <laughs> I enjoyed that conversation so much. I really hope you did too. Her stories about how she's moved around and the amount of life that she's managed to fit into her 38 years on earth is really extraordinary and I think the positive attitude and mindset that she's been able to develop and then share with her clients and the world is something that really inspires me. So I hope you enjoyed those conversations. If you would like to stay in touch with Maddie, you can reach her at maddie.shine on Instagram or her website is www.maddieshine.com. So do check her out for all of your SEO and visibility needs and have a look for her gifts. They're hilarious. To get in touch with me, you can find me at Amy Meadows UK on Instagram or my website is amymeadows.co and I would love to continue these conversations on my other platforms. I want to thank Maddie for her time and I want to thank you for your time for listening. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. And if you're listening on Spotify or anywhere else, thanks. And share it with your friends if you enjoyed it um, I really love sharing these conversations about home and I think the last year or so has really made us all assess what home means um, so I hope that it prompts some conversations over the kitchen table in your households too and with that I will see you on our next episode